Welcome to My Crazy Office Podcast with the authors of Working With You Is Killing Me, Working For You Isn't Working For Me, and Mean Girls At Work. Kathy Elster and Katherine Crowley. They are committed to creating world peace, one crazy office at a time. And now, here are Kathy and Katherine. Hey everyone, I'm Kathy Elster. And I'm Katherine Crowley, and welcome to My Crazy Office. So today we're going to address a tough question that many managers grapple with. When is it time to fire someone? Mm. When is enough enough? We'll start with a question from a manager who has an employee who keeps missing days at work due to multiple personal issues. We'll Mm -hmm. discuss how to determine whether it's time to let someone go and what you need to do to prepare. Yeah, this is not a pleasant topic and it's never pleasant to fire an employee, but it sure can hurt a team if you keep someone for too long. Yeah. I hope more people will send questions like this to info at mycrazyoffice.co. So here's a question. I manage seven employees and I tend to give my staff a lot of second chances. I never know when I should cut my losses and let someone go. Several months ago, I hired someone who was very eager to join our company. This individual said all the right things during the interview and had good references. Over time, however, this person has had many personal issues that have resulted in many days out. Mm. One day it's car problems, another day it's childcare issues. Last month, it was a broken water heater. Last week, it was a health concern. These repeated absences result in poor productivity and missed deadlines. I keep giving them second chances, but nothing improves. When is enough enough? I mean, it's a really good question because when you have someone, I mean, you don't know, you don't live with them. You don't know if these issues are really happening and they could be happening, who knows? But it does sound like a lot to me. (laughs) And, you know, I know what happens is that somebody else is picking up their work all these days out and, you know, go to the other team members and ask them how they're feeling because it brings morale down Mm. when somebody is repeatedly out and they have to pick up the slack of their work. So what, you know, so I should let you speak. No, no, no. I was going to say, it's such a good point to ask the other people how how those absences are affecting them. And I was also thinking, Kathy, that we have this kind of employee we call MIA in working with It's Killing Me. And it's the person who just, for one reason or another, another is constantly missing from the job. So, yeah. 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 And everyone likes them, by the way. It's not that they're, you know, horrible people. It's just they're not workers. You know, they seem to not always be around. And that it's just not good for the rest of the team. So um, I think what's important is that you should follow the HR guidelines of giving Mm -hmm. this person first a verbal warning. Yeah then a written warning and then the final warning which is you know you're you're pretty much out yeah. so you know the verbal warning and you you don't spring it on them you should be telling people all the time you know like building it uh, yes. you know giving reviews and giving feedback that we understand that you need time off um but m- most people have to handle their personal issues early in the morning and then in the afternoon uh-huh. and even though you work virtually, sometimes you're taking work, productive work hours away and other people are having to do your work. Yeah. So we're going to give you a verbal warning that for the next 30 days, uh, we need to see improvement in this area and we need to see you meet your deadlines. So 
Um, that's the first thing. And then the second one would be, you know, and they, they agree to this. And then the yeah. second one would be more written down where it really spells out the issues. There's probably more issues. Like there probably are deadlines they've missed. Yes. Probably a lot that they've missed. And I would spell it out exactly what the issues are, what the remedy is going to be. Yeah. And then it's up to them. Um, and you do, ha- and you do have to then follow through. So it could take 60 days, 90 days to actually get rid of someone. If you do with the legal way, other, you don't have to, you can just fire someone, uh, <laughs> and they might come and sue you, but, um, you know, that's up to you what you want to do. People are, yeah. can be litigious. Um, so I would just do it the correct way and be very careful, yeah. but I, I just think somebody like this brings the morale down. I agree. And I also think that part of, I mean, there are two sides to this story. There's the employee and then there's the actual manager. And if you're the, this person is saying that they love, they like to give their, their people second chances. Mm -hmm. So you may think of yourself as, you know, a caring boss. You may think of yourself as someone who's very uh, sympathetic and empathetic. You may actually find out too much about their personal lives, which put you in a position where it's hard to come down and say you're not accomplishing the tasks of your job. So I think that part of this is also looking at yourself and seeing, okay, what are my vulnerabilities when it comes to really holding people accountable for their work? Mm-hmm. Uh, because as you said, Kathy, by the time you have that conversation, the, the initial even verbal warning you need to come with the facts. You need to come with the data. How many days have you missed? How many deadlines have you missed? How it has how has it affected the other employees? And I think a lot of nice managers don't keep those records, right? They don't track it until right. it becomes a real issue. And then they're left kind of holding the bag. Yeah. And they don't have the data because your memory is never good at this stuff. Your memory either exaggerates it and makes it worse and you don't have the facts or it forgets a lot of things. So it's important when people are out to document that, keep a running log of this. Yes. Um, Or or when someone doesn't meet their deadline, you just can't trust your memory on this. Uh, But I think so you have to go beyond yourself. The fact, you know, when you just said they may know a lot and then that prohibits them from firing, be very careful. As a manager, you walk a fine line. These are not your friends and you could be friendly, but they're not friends. And you're in a position where you have to be able to let somebody go if you need to need to let them go. I mean, it's, you know, and this is really hard for business owners, not so much for an employee, but for a business owner, because it's their business. Yeah. And they, so friendly and they invite people over to their homes and, you know, which is, can be a real trap because uh, then a, um, a kind of a con will use you and get away right. with, you won't know how to get rid of them. We have a lot of, we've met over the years, business owners that are afraid to go to work because they don't even want to face these people. That's <laughs> a problem. We made some mistakes. Um, <laughs> so, I, you know, I always believe that it's best to, let go of someone quickly. Um, If you realize that this is not going to work out, get rid of them. They know that too. They probably know it's not going to work out and you can give them, you know, um, some severance so that they can hopefully find a job and they can collect unemployment. So you're not leaving them in the lurch, but you know, they may have quit a really good job to take your job and you feel really guilty about that. Yeah. Um, 
but you you can feel guilty about that because they probably they impersonated uh you know they they didn't really show you who they were yeah so um you know, I've seen many clients go through this and as they age, they get better at firing and they get better at identifying who needs to be fired and they're good at it. You know, they get really good yeah. at. It. So it's good to always have a mentor or somebody you can talk to who's been down this road. Uh, you never fire someone alone. Always have somebody else with you. Yeah. They're virtual. You can do it on Zoom as long as there's somebody else. There's preferably somebody from HR. If not, someone else that's above you would, would work. Not somebody. Sorry. When you first bring someone on, are you, is that, I mean, I know that often they'll talk about 90 days of probation, but is that a time when an employer or a manager should be especially careful and tracking how the employee is doing? No, I find that most people that are on a 90 day performance, um, hold up pretty well. And then it's Uh after that. But yes, you should be absolutely looking. I mean, probation periods are fabulous and they're there for a good reason because you may have mishired right. or they may misjudge the job. It's not always you. Maybe they thought it was different. Um, but I think it's best to part ways sooner than later. The longer you keep someone where you know it's wrong, your staff yeah. knows it's wrong, the worse the situation will be and the firing will be ugly. Yeah. And they probably will sue. Well, you know, we live in a litigious world, people sue and many times win. So you want to do this carefully and thoughtfully, but firmly. Yeah. And it yeah. sounds like you also want to draw on if you have HR advisors or if you have an HR department to really bring them in quickly to the mix so that yeah. whatever you're doing is according to company policy. And even if the person is litigious, you're as safe as you can be in making this decision. Exactly. There's a lot of precautions you can take so that, you know, if they do try to sue you, you they probably won't win because you did it. You, you gave them plenty of time of warning and they, and you wrote them up and you knew, they knew that they had not done a good job and were, and this was going to lead to it. So it's really important to document. This big part of management is documenting, you know, keeping all of the emails that are sent to you, all of the mistakes put them in a file, make sure you have that. Uh, That's part of the job. It's not just making sure the work gets done. It's making sure you hold your employees up to standards. So it's not fun. I'm getting depressed as I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's the least fun part of being a man. Yeah, it's the worst part. So when we say when is enough enough, you're saying after you follow these standard points, right? After you've given them a verbal warning and then you're moving on, they did not get better. You're moving on to a written warning. That's when you, this is done. You know, like yeah. we're going to get the period with this period of, of transition. They're going to see what they do, document it all. And most likely they didn't improve and people get pissed. You know, they, they don't want to improve either. They're like, they're out looking for their next job or they want to collect yeah. and they're to do that. But um, I, I mean, if you start to put someone on this policy, you know, this improvement plan and you you give warnings, you're already committed to this process. Yeah. So you have to follow through. Otherwise, people will see that it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because we worked at a particular company where uh, I think the individual would get the, the verbal warning, then the written warning, then they would improve their performance for a period of time. 
and then in a sense relapse after the the warnings were you know had transpired had uh, yeah transpired so it's yeah, well, that happens. So you have to just start again. I mean, yeah. at that point, just write them up again and say, you know, this is not working, um, which should go a lot faster, you know, um, or you can just let them go at that point when they relapse and say, okay, so you made it for a little while, but not good enough. And uh, we're going to let you go. Um, I mean, at that point, once they've had all these warnings, they're usually ready to go. And yeah. I don't hold to a job that is not it's probably tense and not all that rewarding when you know you're being watched like that most people hate being written up they hate i i've actually never had anyone come to me said oh yeah it's jolly good time like it's really, <laughs> really stressful for people yeah and they may have realized they've made some mistakes they may realize also that this is just um culturally a bad fit yeah uh, but they need to begin the process of looking. Yeah. Once once you're on that road of a warning, and we've seen people improve it and, and, and it goes away. I've actually had managers say to people, we just really wanted to give you a jolt so that you, you know, grew up and, yes. and grew a little bit. And it has worked. And then they've gone on and done okay. But 95% of the time, this does not work out. I, that's yeah. my opinion. But maybe I just called, get called on the worst um all right so we're talking about it sounds like uh several steps the first is that you have to document early on the behavior and specifically the things that aren't working whether it's abs being absent whether it's not actually meeting your deadlines or not performing the actual tasks of your job you need to document that stuff and come ready so that when you do the verbal warning you have the facts the data you need to stick to the job and performance rather than being sucked into the personal problems or stories of the individual. Mm -hmm. And then if performance doesn't improve, you have to write them up. Yeah. And then let them go. Yeah. And it's, so it's <laughs> not going to be your best day. <laughs> and this is generally happen over like a three month period. If we're thinking about time, well, it could be quicker than that, but yes. In general, it is about a three month period. I mean, we're, I'm doing it with one client and we've shortened it to 30, 30 days because they have enough. She's been warned so many times and yeah. she still gets upset and doesn't improve. It doesn't make sense. So yeah, yeah she's, she's going to be let go very soon. Um, and it's sad, you know? Yeah. It's sad. It is. But I think a lot of times it's just cultural. It's just there. It's just not the right company for you. You're going to thrive somewhere else. Right. But our culture is just different than than what you thought. Right. And then I think as a manager, you have to be able to tolerate someone being angry with you. Some yeah. someone you know thinking you're not fair. Whatever it is that they're going to think about you, to so that you can actually complete the cycle. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not easy. And to do it really legally correctly, um, you know, it takes time and a lot of people don't want to do that. Yeah. So, you know, hoping they're going to quit, they're going to get another job. I mean, sometimes that works. Uh, you can make it uncomfortable enough that they do look and get another job. Uh, yeah. Hope is not a strategy. <laughs> that's true. It's not. Maybe some people think it is. It's not though. It's not a business strategy. It's maybe a life strategy. So 
Yeah. So that's it for this podcast. If you have any further comments or thoughts on this topic, I'm sure you do. Tweet us at SK2. Follow us on Instagram at MyCrazyOffice. And if you want to subscribe to our podcast, go to MyCrazyOffice on our website and hit the subscribe button. Finally, don't forget to send your questions and stories to info at mycrazyoffice.co. My Crazy Office is produced in New York City at K-Squared Studios. Stay crazy.